the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to SL Today. I'm Pastor Fokwa and I trust that our time is going to be fruitful and impactful in your life in Jesus' precious name. Go ahead and share the link with as many people as possible. Let them be blessed and enriched by the ministry of God's word. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this session. We ask the Lord, your blessing will rest upon your word. Let your word come forth with simplicity and yet with power. Let it change minds, hearts, and shape us to live the life of all-round excellence you've called us to live in Christ. We give you praise, we give you glory, that every viewer watching this broadcast now, or may watch it thereafter, will be imparted and transformed by the power of the anointed word. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. God richly bless you, and once again, thank you so much for making the time to be part of this episode, and I'm sure that it's going to be life-transforming for you, in Jesus' name amen and amen okay so we move on to part four of our journey on make better decisions don't forget the series we've been running with is a better me that is becoming a better version of yourself we said that god wants you to be better in all the things you do the bible said the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more onto a perfect day again the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, We all with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So God wants you to be better. And there is what he has done to make you better, and there is what you must do to be better. And so far, we've been working through a number of such ones. But presently, we are looking at make better decisions. We said that if your life is going to go in a good direction, in a great way, if you are going to fulfill your great destiny in Christ, you need to be mindful of the decisions you make because your decisions affect your life. Your decisions influence the quality of your life. Your decisions affect generations after you. Your decisions will affect your finances, it will affect your emotional health, it will affect your mental health, it will affect many areas of your life. Your spiritual life will be impacted by your decisions. If you are going to feel the greatest of them all is the fact that your eternal state of mind is determined by your decisions in life. So our decisions have a lot to do with how far we can go in life and what we can accomplish in life. Your decisions are important they may not be popular help they are not always easy to make and yet they are most profitable that's why i'm excited to be able to help you guide you in order to be able to make the decisions you need to make 
in order to become the kind of person God has ordained you to become. So we began reading something from 1 Kings chapter 12, the story of Rehoboam when he, be, he was made a king and Israel came to him and the decision he had to make and we are picking a few lessons from here on how to make wise or good decisions. How can we make better decisions? Okay, Rehoboam went to Shechem where all Israel had gathered to make him king. Israel came together. Jesus usually, it's, it's a long passage and by the time I'm through reading it, my time will be long gone. So we'll take it from uh, verse number. The leaders of Israel summoned him and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said, writing the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days. Think this over. Then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then Rehoboam discussed the matter. Look at the word. Discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father. Master Solomon, what is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied. If you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subject. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. Who is your advisor? How? Then he says, what's your advice? He asked, how should I answer these people who want to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, This is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Wow. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I will make, I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision. What you should, as the king had ordered. Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people for he rejected the advice of the older council my father followed the counsel of his young advices he told them my father laid heavy burdens on you but i'm going to make them heavier my father beat you with whips but i will beat you with scorpions so the created no attention to the people this whole of events was the will of god for it fulfilled the lord's message to jeroboam son of Nebat, through the prophet ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for our own house, O David. So the people of Israel returned home, but Jeroboam continued to rule over Israel. For all the Israelites who live in towns of Judah. When all this is it, Jeroboam had a powerful decision to make. And it's interesting how he went about it. He started well, but he ended wrongly. And I pray that you will not start your decision-making process well and end badly. How did he start? He started, first of all, by understanding his limitations. Now, earlier episodes, we established the fact that if you are going to make better decisions, we have to understand our limitations our own weaknesses, our own limitations. We may not have all knowledge. We may not have all abilities. We may not have all skills. And so when it comes to decision-making, we have to know that we are limited. We are limited in what we know. We are limited in what we can do. We are limited in the stations that we have acquired. So how can we 
tap into the experiences of others takes us to the next step of gathering information when you are making decisions you need to gather all the information you can possibly gather we may not chapter 13 verse 16 it says every prudent man acts out of knowledge every prudent man deals with knowledge there is the way prudent people wise people do things wise people act out of knowledge they don't act out of feelings they don't act out of pressure they act out of knowledge when you are taking a decision it should not be fueled by your emotions this is how i feel this is this the pressure on me is too much no you don't make decisions like that you make decisions based on knowledge so gather every information you need to do if you are want to enter into an area of business gather information if you want to marry gather information you want to go to school gather information you want to travel gather information it is very very important that you acquire all the information that you can get it helps you to be able to see things from different perspectives and it helps you to make an informed decision gather information gathering information is critical you gather it by watching broadcasts like this by listening to edifying messages reading meaningful books and relevant in the area you intend to make a decision about so that's key and then of course number three is that you seek counsel Sobam number one understood his limitation and he set out to gather information so he called for the older people who had information he didn't have these were people who had counseled his father the, uh, solomon and so he wanted to engage them and seek from their lips knowledge he had not had the opportunity to access gather the information and then the next step because when you gather information, you will be able to tell the area you need input from other people. And that brings you to seeking wise counsel. Not just counsel, but wise counsel. Now, this guy had the option of seeking counsel from two places. And all of us, all the time, when you are looking for counsel, these two places are always available, the good and the bad. The Bible said, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So there's a counsel of the ungodly and obviously there will be the counsel of the ungodly. This man called the people and then said, give me your counsel. I need to make this decision and I need your input in this matter. And I like the way the Bible puts it. He says he called the older men who used to take counsel with his father. And then after they had given him counsel, he also made the terrible mistake of seeking counsel from the younger people who had grown up with him. Younger people who had grown up with him. That brings into focus the source of our counsel. It's not everywhere we can go for counsel. There are people when they give you counsel, they will be giving you counsel to destroy you. There are people when they give you counsel, the counsel will not bring you to the result you desire or you aspire for in life. And so it is important. The Bible says where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Without counsel, plans go away. But multitude of counselors, there is safety. So we need to seek counsel from a multitude of counselors. Seek counsel from multiple sources. One source may not be too ideal out of the mouth or two or three too many two can lead you confused but at least you should have some two three people whose counsel and input you can trust and then pass your plans by them seek their input 
let them be people who actually whose judgment you trust who have your best interests at heart so this guy called the older people who knew quite a lot and they were experienced and they could offer good counsel they gave the counsel he received it right but he chose not to work with it of course when we receive counsel we are not obliged to work with it we we have an option of working or not working with it but of course when you receive wise counsel and you ignore it down the line the consequences of your refusal will catch up with you like it did catch up with Rohoboam. now i want to give you four key things you should look out for when you are seeking counsel a checklist for a good counselor a checklist for a good counselor and the first one is character if you are going to seek counsel look for a person who has character proven character a person with character in the area particularly you are looking for you are looking for a marriage counselor check out with one whose marriage is stable and solid it's not perfect because nobody has such a perfect relationship but there must be someone whose marriage you have been exposed to that's why usually you can seek counsel from people who don't have any personal interaction with you as it were you can better get counsel from people you are close to so it's important that we identify close circle of people some people always are reaching out to people they can they they as they seek to get counsel from people far away from them around you can't you see anybody who is uh, living the life you desire to live can't you see anybody who has accomplished what you are seeking to accomplish character is key the bible says a good name is far greater than any amount of riches good name is to be chosen proverbs 22 verse 1 a good name is to be chosen than great riches so character this if you listen to the young men and the advice they give you realize that their heart was wrong they they had a crooked character how can you tell people that my my father's uh, my father whip you with his finger my little finger will be greater than my father's waist i mean that that it showed the nature of these guys they were wicked people guys who were youthful but lack sense and discretion he says my father whip you with listen i'm going to whip you with scorpions who want to serve a leader like that who want to be around a person like that so it demonstrated that these guys had a serious character issue they didn't think about others they didn't have any better view of others so they were not in a position to give counsel to Rohoboam, but yet he chose to listen to them. You must understand that the people around you, your friends who are not objective, your age mates are most likely to talk to you in a language you are very comfortable with. Don't always seek counsel from people who make life easy for you, but people who challenge you to see things from a better perspective. Your mates are likely to see things from the same viewpoint you are, but if you are able to connect with others who are older than you, more experienced than you, and have better results than you, you are most likely to come out with better decisions. So you need counsel. Uh, uh, you need someone who has excellent character. You need, number two, someone who is competent. He must not just have character, but he must also have the expertise. He must have the knowledge and the skill set. To be able to offer you the counsel you need i'm not a lawyer i may be older than you but if you are asking for legal counsel from me you are wrong probably speaking to the wrong person because that's not an area i have an expertise in that's not an area i'm well equipped to advise in so you are better off speaking to a lawyer that's key if you are looking for uh, uh, where to travel for a holiday i'm not a tourist i'm not a travel agent 
So you, you speak to the right people. You are looking for financial information, how proper ways to invest. Why don't you speak to a good and certified stockbroker? He will be able to better help you. If you are looking for ways to advance your relationship, be better in your spiritual engagement. Of course, that's my area. And I'm better equipped to help you. It's important. We must always seek counsel from people according to their level of expertise. People who are competent in their area. If a doctor is giving you advice on your health, you better listen. But if uh, an ordinary man in the street is telling you something, well, <laughs> you, you have to be very careful because he has no track record that what he's doing, what he's saying may work. So you need someone who is competent, competent in the sense that he's experienced. That is what the older generation stood for. The older generation had experience. They had proven themselves as wise counselors. They had counseled Solomon many occasions. You know, Solomon was the wisest king. And a wise man had wise people around him. It's interesting. The power of wise counsel can never be underestimated. Particularly when you read, you look at the book of Proverbs and the number of times Solomon spoke about wise counsel. Can you imagine the wisest man during his era seeking wise counsel? I should tell you. In fact, the ability to even seek counsel is an indication that you are wise. The whole idea, I mean, that sometimes people go through challenges, they are going through challenges in their marriage, and instead of opening up so they can be assisted with wise counsel, oh, they go like, oh, don't worry. The husband says, oh, I think we should talk to a pastor, I think we should seek a, a counselor. He says, oh, everybody has issues, uh, let's just deal with it. No, if you live your life like that, you may die before your time. There are people who are willing and ready to help you. Open up. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. If that vulnerability will bring you the help you desperately desire, never, 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 never be afraid to be vulnerable. When that vulnerability will eventually lead to the help you desperately desire, right? So, they must have competence. If you go to somebody who is contemplating divorce, at the time you are, you are having serious problems with your spouse, the counsel will be that, Charlie, this thing... If it is not working, let it go. But if you meet someone who is also who has been through the, what you have been through before and is still on course, he's likely to give you a better picture. That's key. And then, of course, you need someone who is objective, not someone who is giving you an advice because of some parochial, selfish interests. A counselor must be objective. A wise counselor must be able to uh, help you to see things from every viewpoint that you hitherto uh, had not considered and of course he must be trustworthy you don't want to go to someone and tell your matter and later on find out that your matter is also being told everywhere no a counselor must be trustworthy a good counselor must be somebody who knows how to close his mouth and be able to keep information under wraps Th these are Four things you can consider anytime you are looking, you are considering seeking wise counsel. Of course, and number four, apart from wise counsel, is to count the cost. Number one, understand your limitations. Number two, gather information. Number three, seek wise counsel. Number four is count the cost. You have to consider, if I go this way, what will be the end result? If I decide that I'm resigning the job and I'm going to start my business, if the job fails, what will be my state? If the job succeeds, what will be my result? So you have to all the time look at both sides because there are always both sides. 
I have set before thee life and death, not life and life, or death and death, life and death, life and death. You have to, which of you intending to build a tower, sit not down first to count the cost. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 30. So making better decisions demands that you sit down and count the cost. Think through, think through. Ultimately, thank God for wise counsel, but ultimately you are the one who is going to be responsible for the decision. So think about the cost. If you go the way you have decided to go, what will be the end result? The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was born of God, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, all the way to 26, he was, he was seen to be a proper child by faith. The Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The Bible said he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of a king. He knew, he counted the cost of his decision. When the day Moses made the decision that he's no longer going to serve in the palace of Pharaoh and be groomed to become the next Pharaoh of Egypt, but he would rather face his destiny. That day, he knew that Pharaoh would come after him. That day, he knew that things were never going to be the same again. He knew that his finances was going to be affected because he chose to esteem the reproach of Christ of greater riches than the, uh, uh, the treasures in Egypt. That was a cost and he was ready for it. So count the cost because every decision will cost you something. A decision to do the wrong thing will cost you. A decision to do the right thing will cost you. No decision is costless. Every decision has a price. If you want to go to school now, it will cost you. There are some things you may not get now, but after school, a year, two, three, five years down the lane, you will get it. But now, it looks like you will have to be denied of them. If you want to pastor a church and settle down and grow the church, it will cost you something. You have to sit down. You go through moments of all kinds of moments, different moments, moments of sadness, moments of happiness, moments of discouragement. It's a phase. But if you are able to stand, at the end of the day, you will see results. You will see fruit. That's why it's key that you count the cost. Many people start projects they are not able to finish because they, they, they don't count the cost before they start. So count the cost of your decision. You are not married. If you, you are thinking of getting into bed with someone, count the cost. If you become pregnant, what happens? If he denies responsibility, what happens? You have to count the cost. If you will sit down and count the cost of our action. Now, if the prodigal son has sat down and count the cost of his wasteful expenditure, wasteful lifestyle, I'm sure he would have been more minded how he spent money. Of course, number uh, five is to commit your decision to God. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. There are many plans in the heart of a man, but the counsel of God, that shall stand. The counsel of God, your plans are good, your dreams are good, the things you are thinking about are great, but understand, only the counsel of God stands. In the book of Psalm 37 verse 5, he said, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Why must you commit your way to the Lord? All the counsel you have received, all the costing that you have considered, that you counted the cost and all of those things, ultimately committed to the Lord in prayer. Committed to him in prayer. Why? Because there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12 and Proverbs 16, 25. And then, of course, you have to appreciate that 
God knows the end from the beginning. He's the only one who has the key to tomorrow. That's why you need to make him a principal factor in your decision making. You can't just say yes to a proposal without taking off time to pray and to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say or let you know about the man you are considering uh, spending your life with. The Bible says in Jeremiah 10 verse 23, I know, O Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. Can you accept that about yourself? That you are not able to plan your own course. Now, it's the understanding, the revelation that you cannot plan your own course that brings you to a place where you prioritize the need for you to engage with God in your decision making. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. God needs to be acknowledged from the beginning to the end of your decision making. And then, of course, having done all of this, make up your mind and take action. Yes. After you have gone through this process, make up your mind and take action. The man, Elijah, prophet Elijah, asked them, how long will you be torn between two opinions? How long will you take to make up your minds? There are some people, they go through the cycle again and again. They will seek counsel, they will count the cost, and they will still not act. Take decision, make your, up your mind, and take action. Act responsibly. Act wisely. Act courageously. All your fears can never be taken care of. That's why you function by faith. By faith, move into action. Trusting that God is able to make all things work together for your good. And of course, once you take action, continue to evaluate the consequences of your decision and make continuous adjustments, get the best out of it. Take action. Most people are usually living their lives of inaction. They are not able to take action and act on their decisions because they are afraid of the consequences. Yes, that's why we believe God. That's why we trust God. That's why we are people of faith. Take action. Some of them will go right. Some may not go right. The ones that don't go right, you learn from it. Life is about taking decisions and then making adjustments along the way. A wise man said successful people make decisions quickly and change them slowly. They make decisions quickly and change them slowly. So make decisions. Don't be afraid. Be bold. Make decisions because in your decisions lies your future. In your decisions lies your success. In your decisions lies your greatness. In your decisions lies your prosperity. From this day forward, the Bible says, I have set before thee life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. We choose life when we make decisions that affirms God's, that are in sync with God's plan and purposes for our lives. I challenge you to make, be a decision maker. Act on your decisions and you'll make continuous progress in every area of your life. God bless you and thank you so much for being part of our broadcast. I'm sure that this time has been refreshing and impactful to you. Be both accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior. You want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died arose again for me by my belief i am justified and by my confession i am saved thank you for saving me in jesus precious name amen 
and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no,